142. Biome. Holy shit! Heat seeped into Rain's helmet through the eye slit as he stood with his jaw hanging open. He raised the visor, then crinkled his nose as the sickly sweet air rolled over his face. It had an acidic twang to it, along with a healthy dose of char, but that was nothing compared to what he was seeing. In contrast to all the tunnels so far, which had been fairly nondescript, what he was seeing now was simply impossible. The party's little break at the bottom of the cliff hadn't lasted long, not even long enough to get to the first song in The Hobbit. While Rain's narration had been well-received, both Amelia and Torhart had been anxious to move on. In the hours since then, they'd explored the two caves near where they'd climbed down. One of them was a dead end, while the other led upward, obviously not what they were looking for. They'd followed it for a while anyway, just to make sure it didn't head down again. In the process, they'd run into plenty of monsters, none of which had presented them with any significant difficulty. Amelia had lightened up considerably, allowing Rain to fight beside her and Tallheart as they went. Rain wanted to think that his storytelling had had something to do with her change of heart, but he suspected the real reason was that she was starting to feel soul strain and wanted to save her strength. He'd been periodically refilling her manor with essence well since they'd cleared the first chasm that morning, and for all that she'd been limiting herself to just firebolt and combustion, the strain was beginning to show. She wouldn't admit it, of course, but Rain could tell. Eventually, when it became clear that the cave wasn't going to go anywhere but up, they'd turned around and backtracked. After returning to the third chasm, they'd explored along its length, finding three more dead-end caves before encountering a promising passage with a steep slope. It was a tight squeeze in a few spots, but Tallheart had become convinced it was the right path after noticing the air getting warmer as they followed it ever downward. Eventually, Rain had sensed open space ahead of them, so they dropped their packs and went to check it out, leaving the torch behind. Open space usually meant a fight, the only greater clue being strategic chest-high walls. It hadn't been long before they'd noticed a reddish light creeping into the passage. Detection had then informed Rain of an unknown monster waiting for them, and he deactivated his combat macros in response. The party had slowed to a cautious crawl for the last few metres, and that had brought them to here, looking at this. Holy shit! You have already said that, Torhart rumbled standing beside Rain with his arms crossed unconcernedly. But, holy shit, Rain protested, pointing emphatically. I agree with Rain, Amelia said, peeking her head out of the tunnel mouth, then looking up. Holy shit. Hmm, Torhard snorted. He walked forward a few steps into the cavern, then paused, looking back. I told you it would be like this. It is not my fault. You did not believe me. Rain shook his head, still staring as he moved to join him. The cavern was enormous. So enormous that there was no way the ceiling should have been able to hold itself up. 
And yet, it did. That wasn't what made Rain.exe crash. It was everything else that was doing that. Except for a small clearing near where the tunnel came out, the cave was full of gigantic trees. Not quite redwood size, but close. They had deeply craggy bark, like hardened lava, with slate-gray leaves that formed a dense canopy. The floor was dirt, not stone, sparsely carpeted with dark vegetation that became an impassable-looking tangle at the clearing's edge. The walls and the part of the ceiling that Rain could see blazed with light. The stone was covered with ropes of crimson substance that was almost too bright to look at directly. It wasn't lava. The color was too deep a red. If anything, it seemed alive, organic. The staff, whatever it was, was pulsating with a slow, fiery heartbeat. Waves of light traveled along the network, starting from the ground and climbing up the walls, splitting and joining endlessly in a complex, irregular web. As if what he was seeing wasn't shocking enough, the ashen jungle, as Rain decided to call the biome in the moment, was also alive with sound. He could hear the chirping of birds, the croaking of frogs, and a deep underlying hum that must have been insects. As he continued gawping, there was a rustling sound, then a crunch as something large moved within the trees. Holy shit, Rain said for the fourth time. He used detection, scanning for monsters. The same signal he'd felt before was still there, though not in the direction from which the noise had come. There was another signal as well, further away off to the left. It too couldn't have been the source. Rain pinged again, for animals this time, then stumbled. Are you okay? Amelia asked, quickly steadying him. Her words came through as a sequence of numbers of various colors and hues. What did you sense? Did we stumble into a lair when I wasn't paying attention? No, Torhart said, as Rain struggled to recover from the crippling synesthesia. It is a heat biome. From the smell, perhaps chemical as well. Hmm. It is unusually robust. You don't say, Rain said thickly, managed to regain his equilibrium. I'm fine. Detection was just overwhelming. I shouldn't have used full power. There are animals everywhere. I don't... He shook his head. His armor was starting to feel cold. The thermal regulation enchantment fighting back against the heat. Beads of sweat had broken out across his unprotected forehead. His resistances only prevented damage. They didn't make things feel comfortable. Amelia frowned, releasing Rain now that it was clear he wasn't going to keel over. I was expecting burning mushrooms or something. Maybe some moss. Not this, she gestured vaguely. Hmm, Torhart said, pointing at the glowing web. Your moss is there. Common fire moss. It mirrors the sun during the day and will darken at night. Hold up. Rain said, raising a hand. How does it know what time it is without the sun? Torhart looked at him. How do you? Rain glanced at the clock hovering in the corner of his eye as a part of his HUD. Point. How are we going to get through? 
Amelia asked. Ring shook his head at a loss. How is something like this even possible? Fire monsters, sure, but animals? And the trees, do they photosynthesize using the light from the moss? No, that just moves the problem. Where is the moss getting its light from? From the ground, clearly, but enough to glow like that? How did he even get here? Does it just grow spontaneously like that toxic shit in Felsidenis? I suppose it must, but then... Does that mean the animals spawned like mo- Rain! Amelia shouted. Huh? Rain said dumbly, tearing his eyes away from the moss to look at her. I asked what rank it is, Amelia said. Oh, Rain said, wincing. Oops, I got fascinated. Must have failed to save. He raised his shield, checking the depth gauge which he'd strapped to its back, along with a few other items he wanted close at hand. Rank 15. Hmm, Amelia said to herself. I should probably change my build. I could power through, but that wouldn't be efficient. Changing skills is such a pain, though. I need to think about... Look out! Rain gasped, having seen the same thing. An orange flash deep within the trees. A hissing sizzle reached Rain's ears as an enormous ropey spray of lava blasted through the foliage coming straight for them. Reflexively, Rain turned, raising his shield. The lava slammed into him with enough force to push him back, though he kept his footing. The heat was more intense than anything he had ever experienced, but he felt no pain thanks to his resistance. Moments later, he realized that the lava was evaporating into orange light. It's a spell? My armor is absorbing the mana. His eyes flicked to his hut, seeing that his shield's saturation had jumped by over 3,000 points. Oh shit! Amelia! Rain turned his head, seeing her with her arms crossed in front of her face. Her clothes were burning, ignited by the molten rock that covered her. Before Rain could even think to activate Refrigerate, Amelia uncrossed her arms, pointing one of them in the direction of the attack. Ha! A ball of fire expanded in front of Amelia's outstretched palm, growing to the size of a basketball and looking like nothing more than a miniature sun writhed in flame. With barely any delay, it flew toward the tree line, leaving a trail of fire through the air in its wake. The missile struck one of the trunks, then exploded. The force of the detonation rattled Rain's teeth, light shining around his shield as his shadow was cast long into the tunnel behind them. Amelia wasn't done. A second orb followed the first, only a second later detonating like the first one with deafening force. Refrigerate! Rain's mind finally clicked into gear. The lava coating Amelia had already begun to harden and flake away, revealing less damage to her clothing than Rain had expected. Refrigerate hastened the process, and within a second Amelia was free of it, singed but seemingly unhurt. There you are, she said, stepping forward. Let's see if you can resist this. Rain dropped Refrigerate, staring at her as three fiery spheres appeared orbiting her wrist like planets of fire. Triplicate casting? The orbs didn't launch immediately upon reaching basketball size. Instead, they kept growing, the flames raging ever brighter with unstable energy. Then Amelia began to chant. Orange light flickered in her eyes. Not all of it reflected from the spell at her fingertips. 
tririm migon frigien tririm migon frigiren tririm migon frigihen Rain dropped to a knee. Cowering behind a shield like it was the wooden desk meant to protect him from an atomic blast. Triplicate casting, overcharge, and chanting? Oh, shit. Fireball, for that was obviously what the base spell was, though he'd never seen one before, did one part force damage for every three parts heat. It wasn't just a scaled-up firebolt. It was the magical version of a rocket-propelled grenade. With all of Amelia's metamagic, it would actually be more like a cruise missile, and she had just launched three of them. The blast, when it came a heartbeat later, was beyond devastating. Too late, Rain realized that he'd forgotten to lower his visor. He couldn't see the impact from behind his shield, but the wind alone was almost enough to flatten him. Had he been standing, he would have been knocked off his feet. Your party has defeated Mottled Manor Frog. Level 17. Your contribution, 5%. Zero experience earned. There was a crash of a falling tree, and the patter of falling dirt, then silence, save for the ringing in Rain's ears. He looked up at Amelia wordlessly, still hiding behind his shield. Are you okay? She asked, frowning at him. Rain nodded numbly, lowering his shield and letting himself sprawl into a sitting position. Tollhart? Amelia asked, looking over Rain's head. Hmm, Tollhart said dismissively. I am undamaged. Right, silly of me to ask. Amelia sighed, rubbing at her temples. She looked down at her burning clothing. Tch, I like this shirt. I should have used shrouded by flame, not just brace. I haven't fully reacclimated to this build yet. Rain almost missed her words, having been distracted by the blast sight. It really did look like there'd been an airstrike. There was a crater and everything. The undergrowth had been uprooted and blasted away. Though, amazingly, it wasn't all on fire. Some of it was smoldering, but the flames quickly died away as he watched. Only one of the enormous trees had fallen. As extreme as the damage was, Rain had honestly been expecting much worse based on the force he'd experienced. Is this the strength of the depths? I know some stuff is supposed to get stronger, but the plants too? If you can have deep stone, can you have deep wood, deep dirt? Close your mouth, Amelia said. You look like a fish. Rain closed his mouth. Amelia sighed, then surprised Rain by using his shoulder for support as she lowered herself to sit next to him. She nodded toward the crater. Why are you so shocked? I mean, sure, fire mage is showy, but you said you did the math. I did, but... Rain shook his head. Amelia was level 31, and as a jack derivative, that meant she had 63 focus. She was also using all five accolades of the Blackfoot Trench, which gave her a combined plus 10 to all stats. That worked better for her than pure focus accolades would have, as the 2.6 times multiplier from her legendary class only counted for attribute boosts that were evenly matched. With it applied, her stats totals at the moment were 189.8 across the board. 
Fireball was a tier 2 AoE spell with an average base damage of 25, increased to 250 at rank 10. It had a 0.75% focus scaling, which brought the base damage of the spell up to 605.9. Three quarters of that was heat damage, the rest being force. The heat portion was doubled by heat mastery, taking the damage to 1060.3. Then fire affinity doubled that number, multiplying both damage types, because of reasons. Fire synergy affected both types too, and it was similar to aura synergy in how it worked. Amelia had six fire keyword spells in her build right now, all rank 10, so it was another 1.6 times. Now, a single fireball would deal 3,392.9 damage. Overcharge tripled that, then triplicate casting tripled that, and then chanting tripled that, bringing the total damage up to 91,608.3. Enough to one-shot rain. Even with his accolades and fancy armor, maybe even twice over. Rain shook his head, still staring at the crater. And that's just Fireball, too. One of those six fire skills she's got? Yeah, Meteor, Tier 4. How in the name of this world's dubious gods did she ever lose to the Crimson Swords? Her build aside, the damage limit must have screwed her over. She'd only have needed one good hit to... Amelia nudged his shoulder with hers. Rain, if you're done staring into space, would you mind refilling my mana? Rain blinked, looking at her. He hadn't missed the strained note in her voice, so he shook his head. That's not a good idea. Fireball isn't cheap and the mods add up. The mana cost for that strike wouldn't have been too crazy, but... Amelia closed her eyes as she rubbed at her neck. It's fine, I just have a little headache. Liar, Rain said. That's what you said an hour ago. She wouldn't have sat down if she was fine. He looked back at the jungle actively pinging with detection rather than leaving it to his macros. Sound was starting to return as the animals recovered from the shock of the explosion. Rain frowned as his sweep returned several monster echoes. Not just the one from before. Animals run away. Monsters run toward. If that saying is true, why haven't they attacked yet? He turned to tell Amelia about what he'd sensed, but she was already pointing toward the trees. Another fireball forming at her fingertips. More coming, she said with a grimace as she struggled to rise. Torhart stopped her with a hand on her shoulder. Wait. Amelia glanced up at him, not dismissing the fireball. Rain could feel the heat rolling off of it, his armor working overtime to keep him cool. Torhart rumbled disapprovingly. Do not strike unless they do. It is day. Their instincts will keep them within the shelter of the trees. You're sure about that? Amelia asked. I am sure, Torhart said. Amelia nodded, closing her fist. The fireball winked out of existence, leaving a glowing afterimage in Rain's vision. Torhart nodded slowly, removing his hand from her shoulder. Amelia watched the edge of the jungle for a few moments more, then got to her feet unsteadily refusing Torhart's assistance when he offered it to her. She ran her hands through her hair, looking down at Rain. Okay, give me some mana. We'll lure them out one at a time. 
Rain opened his mouth to reply, but Tallheart cut him off. No. We should retreat to the something. Passage to rest. The what passage? Amelia asked. Something, Tallheart said, offering Rain his hand and pulling him effortlessly to his feet. It means in between. Huh, Rain said, dusting himself off. How about liminal? Cheryl, let's go with that. Man, it's been a while since that's happened. At least Amelia didn't know the word either. That makes me feel a little better. He looked at Tallheart for confirmation. So, what's the liminal space between biomes? Am I pronouncing that right? You are, Tallheart said. Monsters tend to stay within their own territory during the day, unless provoked. The liminal spaces are safer. Not safe, but safer. He paused, tilting his head. Usually. Sometimes there's war. Rain tilted his head, filing that away under questions for later. He shook his head. Okay, back to the packs, I guess. We should probably have lunch anyway. I'm starving. Seriously, it feels like I'm hollow inside for all that I had three ration bars earlier. I'm not that unbalanced right now, so it has to be something about the accolades. No, Amelia said firmly. We should deal with those monsters first. I'm not ready to turn back yet. I am, Tohart said. I require rest. Bullshit. Rain thought, but he kept it to himself, seeing what Tallheart was doing. Unfortunately, it seemed that Amelia did as well. Seriously, I'm fine, she said. If everyone would stop fussing over me, that would be great. Now come on, Rain, mana me. No, Rain said. You're pulling a vowel. Amelia blinked. You take that back. It only stings because it's true, Rain said. Come on, Amelia. We're going to be down here for weeks at least. There's no need to hurt yourself by pushing so hard. You don't have anything to prove. Please, let's just go have lunch and then come back once we've rested a bit. Amelia clenched her jaw silently, then looked away. Fine, she sighed. I just wanted... We can't be taking it easy down here. This is the depth... You haven't been an adventurer for long enough to realize how big of a deal that is. We have to make the most of the time we have. I'm not arguing that point, Rain said. I'm just saying this is our first day. We're still figuring stuff out. A branch snapped in the jungle and all three of them tensed. Rain spotted a pair of eyes staring at them from within a dark bush. But they vanished moments later with a rustle of foliage. Let us have this discussion elsewhere, Tallheart said, turning and heading back up the passage. Rain and Amelia glanced at each other, then back at the trees before following. They made it back to their packs without incident, finding the area still lit by the Evertorch Rain had wedged into a crack in the wall. Amelia sent her lunar orb up to hover near the ceiling as Rain struggled to unstrap his shield from his arm. Once he was free of it, he turned immediately to his pack, digging around until he found a pair of large canteens. Here, he said, pulling them free and offering them to Tallheart and Amelia. 
One of those is potato, and the other is chicken. Hmm, Toart said, accepting one of the canteens. This is soup from Jimus. Yep, Brain said, smiling as Amelia took the other canteen. He turned and dove back into his pack, looking for bowls. Should we make a fire or something? It would be better warm. We don't have any wood, Amelia said. Rain heard her unscrew the cap of the canteen, then sniff. Potato, here, trade. Hmm, Tallheart said. Wood, Rain said, tossing a log onto the stone floor of the tunnel with a chunk. Amelia snorted. Of course you brought wood. How much do you have in there? Some, Rain said, not looking up. Damn it, where are those bowls? Everything has shifted. It's all so disorderly. Damn it. He sighed, fighting through the sudden need to dump everything out and repack it. Oh, what I'd give for a bag of holding. We should not waste fuel, Tohart said. I doubt trees below will be useful in that regard. Yeah, Rain said, finally finding the bowls and pulling them free. He tossed them on the floor with a clatter, then went back in for spoons. I've been meaning to ask you, Tallheart. How comes you can't just make up a tuned-up heater plate or something for cooking? Belatedly, he decided he could use detection to help him find the spoons, and did so. Of course, they're all the way at the bottom. It is possible, but not efficient, Tallheart said. Heater plates that are used to warm air require little mana. To make something truly hot requires... Hmm, exponentially more. It is the same reason that my smelter uses traditional fuel. It captures heat. It does not create it. He hummed to himself, as if coming to the same decision. I will make something tonight. We will have plenty of Christs by then. And mana is not a concern with you around. It's handy having a dynamo, isn't it? Rain said, holding aloft a pair of spoons in victory. He passed one of them to Tallheart, then another to Amelia, debating whether he wanted to bother trying to retrieve a third for himself. He wasn't exactly planning on using it. Here, Amelia said, offering him a steaming bowl of soup. How? Rain asked, looking at her. He could feel himself start to salivate as the delicious aroma reached his nostrils. It's handy having a fire, mage, isn't it? Amelia said, smiling. Rain chuckled, accepting the bowl. I suppose it is. How did you do that without making a soup explosion, though? Heat soup isn't a spell as far as I'm aware. The same way I can summon a firebolt without launching it, Amelia said around a spoonful of soup. Practice. She swallowed, then tapped her spoon against the side of the canteen with a clink. When metal saturates with heat mana, it gets hot. A few seconds was all it took. The trick was not melting through. Ah, Rain said, taking a deep breath. He set down his empty bowl, then reached for the canteen. Did you even chew? Tallheart asked. Rain snorted. It's soup. You don't chew soup? The accolades are really having an effect, aren't they? Amelia said. I can feel it too. I just took them off, and I feel like I've improved for the first time in years. The hunger must be a side effect. Oh? Rain asked excitedly. 
How much progress have you made? You know my interface doesn't work like that, Amelia said with a shrug. I can still tell all the same. It's pretty amazing. I could do without the headache, though. She sighed, closing her eyes. You were right, I was pushing too hard. Ever since we came down here, it's just... Sorry. I was only trying to protect you, but you're not as fragile as you used to be. It's just going to take me a while to get used to. It's fine, Rain said, smiling. After what you did with that frog, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty damn fragile. Hmm, Tawat said with a satisfied rumble. That had nothing to do with the conversation. I must remember to thank Jimus when we return. This is delicious. Rain nodded in agreement. If you don't mind my asking, how did you and Snow Lily get by down here anyway? Did you bring food from the surface or what? Plant monsters aren't all that common as far as I've seen. We brought what we could, but mostly we made do without, Tohart said frowning. Sevidians can survive for months without food. So can humans, Amelia said, gesturing with her spoon. That doesn't mean we enjoy it. Hmm, Tohart rumbled in agreement. Water was the real problem. Hmm. I do not know how much rain has brought. I will need to make a filter. He tilted his head. Unless, will purify work? Will it work on what? Rain asked. Like filthy cave water or blood? Tolhart said, taking another spoonful of soup. Hmm. Unfortunately, I cannot consume it directly without unpleasant complications. Monsters are a good source of resources, even if it requires some effort to extract them. Rain stared at Tolhart in horror, picturing the antlered man with vampire fangs and blood running down his chin. It was a striking image, particularly because Savidian canines were less pronounced than human ones. You say that like you've tried it. Hmm, Tolhart said. I have. Lily and I were desperate. It was long ago before I learned to make filters for non-metallic materials. Rain set down his empty bowl, slightly queasy at the prospect of a third refill, given what he'd just heard. Tallheart, have I mentioned how unreasonably metal you are? You did so when I told you the name of my class, Tallheart said mildly. And I stand by it, Rain said. Runic powersmith? I mean, come on. I need to find a lutier. Teach them the difference between a lute and a guitar, figure out how to make a pickup and amp and a distortion pedal, and then learn to play so I can teach you what Iron Maiden sounds like. You'd love it. Tallheart rumbled noncommittally. Rain chuckled, then looked at Amelia. Are you ready to tell me what your class name is yet? She frowned, her spoon halfway to her mouth, and Rain quickly raised his hands. You don't have to, I'm just curious. Fine, she said with a sigh, lowering her spoon. She looked from him to Tallheart. But you need to promise that you'll never tell anyone. Of course we won't, Rain said. Right, Tallheart? Hmm. Okay, Amelia said, looking away. It's, uh, just a little embarrassing. 
She looked back at Rain blushing in the pale light. Uncertain, savior? Rain blinked, then grinned wide. You're right, that is embarrassing. Says the night cleaner, she said, punching him in the shoulder. Shut up, I didn't get to pick it. <laughs> Sorry, Rain said, still smiling as he raised his hand to where hers had deflected off his armor. I actually kind of like it. It fits you. I know, Amelia said. That just makes it worse. Rain shook his head. No, it doesn't make it worse. It's really cool. Not as cool as a runic powersmith, because honestly. But still, I bet I'm going to get something dumb, like auric mana furnace, he chuckled. What trees did you have when you picked it? It seems more related to your base class than anything else. I don't remember, and I doubt it had anything to do with it, Amelia said, setting down her bowl. Jacks don't get specializations, you know that. She let her head fall into her hands, rubbing at her temples again. Rain frowned, watching her. Is the headache getting any better? No, she said with a sigh. She reached for the canteen to pour herself some more soup. Rain nodded, his own eternal headache throbbing in sympathetic pain. He was used to it, though, and his judgment when it came to discomfort was shot. Amelia's wasn't. You should lie down for a bit. I... Amelia began looking up. She stopped when she saw his concerned expression, then sighed deeply. Okay, just a few hours. Hmm... Torhart said, I will sleep as well. Rain blinked, looking at him. He smiled. And <laughs> leave me on watch alone? Hmm, Torhart said. As I said, the liminal space is safe enough during the day. Once the night falls, that will change. We should explore the jungle before then. He scratched at the base of one of his antlers. You cannot keep watch at night, Rain, but you may keep watch now. I still don't see why I can't help, Rain started, but Tallheart shook his head. We have discussed this. It is not that I do not trust you. It is that you are soft and weak, like dough. Amelia choked, spluttering as she almost spat the last of her soup out across the floor. Why, thank you for that brutal honesty, Tallheart, Rain said. Hmm, Tallheart said, busy refilling his own bowl. You are welcome. <laughs>